Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the rested life conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. Lord, we know that indeed you are God of the rested life. We appreciate you, Father, O Lord, because we are not here by accident. We are here because indeed you have made a day like this for us to come before you. Father, we say thank you. Lord, I pray for everyone that is currently streaming on any of the platforms. Lord, I ask and say, Father, let the same power that is resident in this very particular commission, let it rest upon them all in the name of Jesus. Lord, the encounter that will change their life, that one word that will give them hope again, that one idea, that one thought, that one, one, one inspiration that they will capture from this service. Father, oh Lord, let it be, oh Lord, for them in the name name of Jesus. Lord, I ask this morning, Father, as your servant, Father, speak through me. Let it not be the words of Pastor Darlington. Let it be the word that has been mesmerized and also garnished by the Holy Spirit. Let it be the word that somebody will hear this morning and they will be blessed. Lord, I bring myself, O oh Lord, into the obedience and the knowledge of who you are. Father, Lord, take control over the service. Do what only you can do best. Let it be known that at the end of the service, somebody's life is restored. Father, this is my cry to you this morning. Let it be known that at the end of the service, it makes sense to people why they are going through what they are going through. Let it be known at the end of this service, that sister, that brother that is currently struggling at a particular level in their life, let this service be an answer for them all in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because we know that this is done. To you we give all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And God's people say, Amen. Family, one more time I want to welcome you and to say thank you so much for joining us. And I know too well that this morning service, it's going to be a service that will make sense to you and to everything that you are believing God for. And I know too well that as your heart is open this morning to receive of the word of God, because this is not just the word of Pastor Darlington, this is the word of God himself. And one of the things for us as we begin to go into the full word of God this morning, one of the things that I want to put as a context for this very particular service is this. I remember about a few weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken, my family seems to have um, what you call we 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 bump into a challenge um, that seems to want to question uh, our redemptive right or probably our conviction in Christ. And so, because of that, um, as 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 me, whereby I try as much as possible for me to check and to expropriate ability for me to look what is happening. Why did this happen? What is it that I've not done right? Is it because, uh, uh, maybe because I'm, I'm, I'm from Nigeria or I'm black or I'm white or whatever? I begin to question a lot of things, just like some of us, um, some of you also be questioning some certain happenings that happens in your life. But one of the things there that came to make peace with me is the fact that God is an ever faithful God. And that is something that I want somebody to capture this morning. That no matter the challenges and the troubles that you are going in life, God is ever faithful God. And so because of that very particular incident, I began to try everything possible for me to begin to make sense of it. And trust me, majority of it does not make sense. But the truth of God's word remain what is the thing that keeps me and keeps my family going. Because this is it. Whether we like it or not, we are living on this very particular earth. 
The Bible makes us to understand in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It said there is a time and a season under heavens. Which means when we talk about under heavens, we are talking about this heaven called earth. He said there is a time and a season. We get to understand from verse 2 to verse 8. It begins to give us the times. There is a time to burn. There is a time to die. There is a time to cry. There is a time to love. There is a time to plant. There is a time to pluck up that which is planted. Which means everything has times and season. And so when I was beginning to, 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 to open my mind and begin to receive of the peace of God. I remember I was saying to my beloved wife, I said, see, sometimes when I see how God works, it also admits me, the pastor. Because the truth of it is the fact that God is an ever-intelligent God, that if you take God with the simplicity of his word, nothing takes you by surprise. If you take God um, like a baby, whereby do you know how a baby trusts their parent? The baby does not need to think if their parents are going to give them food. The baby does not need to think um, if their parent is going to provide food for them or probably give them um, what he called um, the best choice of things that they can afford. They don't need to think that because why? At that moment, they are solely dependent on the parent. They don't need to tell the parent, I'm dependent on you. The parent knows that those babies are dependent. No wonder the Bible makes us to understand that we are the children of God. And so when that very particular incident happened, it seems, it seems to want to question my faith. It seems to want to question the things that I know that I believe God for. But this is one thing that I made, and this is a covenant that my wife and I stood, is the fact that we are not going to question God and to say, God, why this? God, why me? God, why is it me? Why is it that the fact that I've paid my tithe, I've fasted, I've prayed, I've bind the devil, I paid it all, I even prayed to you concerning this. We choose not to do that very particular part. Why? Not because we are alpha human beings, no. But because we understand the workings and the dealings of God. That sometimes it may not make sense. And so because of that, why that incident was happening, the Holy Spirit said to me, my son, go and carry the platform what you call acronyms we have a particular booklet in the church that we've developed called um, that gives an acronyms of what we stand for as platform church and so by the time i went i carried that very particular thing and i was not looking at it for those of you who are first timers in platform church one the, the word platform for us as a church it's one of the eight pillars that sustain this very particular commission every of our teachings are all routed around that very particular eight things but what are the eight platform acronyms that we know one of them is called prosperity prosperity in all areas because why i know too well like the bible says in taught john through god wants me prosper he makes me to understand that prosperity, which means prosperity of my soul, prosperity in my bank account, it is part of God's will for my life. And also the L part there, it's what we call love. Platform is a church that is full of love. One of the things there that drives up every day is ability for us to love. In fact, the love is so much to the point that sometimes my wife used to tell me that, please, you need to also manage it before you forget that you are married and also you have a responsibility at home. Because that's who we are as platform family. The idea talks about alive, which means we are alive in Christ. Regardless of what is happening, we are alive. Our, our fulfillment is not derived by the physical happening, but our fulfillment is derived by the foundation and the truth of Christ that is on our inside. And also the TDA means transformed, which means just because we're alive in Christ does not mean that we stay there. We begin to transform. We begin to transform into Christ's nature. We begin to transform into the image of Christ. And as if that is not enough, the FDA of platform, it also means favor. 
when we're talking about favor by grace. I like telling people, I said, me, your pastor, sitting here and preaching and talking to you. I am elected by grace. I'm not elected by opinions of men. God look at me fit from a boy from Kogi Street, resident in Ibadan in Nigeria, and choose to jet him down to South Africa without consulting even my parents for me to be standing here doing this. I was just favored by grace. There are some certain happenings in my life and even in your life as the members of this church that is happening that you can tell that this is just the finger of God. So the FDM means we are favored by grace. When you understand these acronyms we're talking about, it then gives you a, an understanding uh, that I can be able to go into a platform and pick one of these things uh, to function in my life uh, in every day or in every second that I'm experiencing any challenge. And so we see the ODM. <coughs> the ODM means uh, ordained of God, which means we're ordained uh, We've been set forth as an ambassador. God put his finger and his guaranteed approval on our head. We are not ordained by men, but ordained by God. That is why you will see us who appear some certain places and men wonder, how did you pull this off? Because we know that we are ordained of him. Your opinion in our lives may not matter. Your opinion as a matter of fact does not even matter as long as God's opinion is there. Because why? We are ordained of God. And also we now see on the R part, it means renewed. Which means every day we wake up before God. Every day we see another breaking of the day. We choose to renew our mind. We choose to constantly bombard our mind. The fact that Christ in us is the hope of glory. That regardless of what we've lost, regardless of the pain, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the difficulties, the challenges, we are renewed knowing too well that Christ is in us. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. So no matter what is happening, I'm in Christ. And so because of that, I'm a new creation. I may lost my job, but I'm still a new creation. The boss may fire me, but I'm still a new creation. I may have sickness that the doctor is saying is unto that, but I'm still a new creation. Things may not be going the way I want it to go. I'm still a new creation. You may not like me because I'm black. You may not like me because I'm tall. You may not like me because I have all my hair standing and stronger you may not like me because you don't just choose to like me but i'm still renewed in christ and when i go to the last m of what platform means which means maturity it begins to make sense to me that one of the things that we are going to go through in life as every born again child of god is the fact that we are going to get into the space of maturity the ability for some certain things to come to mature us. And this is one of the messages this morning that we are going to be preaching and talking about. We are going to be talking from the concept of maturing. So it is not going to be a message that is going to, for lack of better word, begin to put some butterflies in your stomach. No, it is one of those messages that will begin to make you make sense of everything that is happening. The Bible makes us to understand, as long as this earth remain, it says seed time and harvest shall not cease. Which means the ability for us to determine what our harvest is must come from the kind of seed we plant. And do you notice that when you are planting a seed or when you are about to plant a seed, you have to do some certain evaluation to, number one, to make sure that the seed can be able to produce. Number two, to determine if that very particular ground can be able to mature that very particular seed to the place of harvest and number three which is much more important the ability for you as you plant the seed on the ground 
to nurture that the weeds and the stuff does not come and bring down that very particular seed for it not to get to the place of harvest. I pray for somebody this morning that the same way that I am beginning to find maturity day in day out and that is one of the things that for me I am so open to. I grow in God day in day out. The same way I am looking for and I'm still questing for the God of the rested life. I'm still questing for the God that created the whole universe and every of the beauty in it. I pray for somebody this morning that as we begin to look at the word this morning we will begin to make sense of everything that is happening in our lives in the name of Jesus and so because of that this morning I decided to give you the platform acronyms so that you understand that this morning service we are going to be addressing from the context of the M of platform which is the place of maturing the believers the place of maturing the believers and so the title of my message this morning is titled don't be moved it's a small potatoes. I want somebody to say it after me. Don't be moved. <laughs> it's a small potatoes. You see, one of the things that I have seen in God, that constantly happen in God, is the fact that for as long as you constantly appear before the Father, that what used to be to yesterday, you grow in the knowledge and the revelation of God. Today, you can come out of the service and beat that same thing yesterday. The same place that you used to fail, the same place that, that all of a sudden things begin to navigate and begin to mess your life, just because you come before God day in, day out. And this is one of the things for us and where I am so strong at the ability for us not to forsake the assembly of ourselves. I know that COVID-19 has come and has put a mess and a mockery upon all the church. But I'm here to tell you that the church is still growing strong. I'm here to tell you that regardless of the fact that the government is giving us, a, for lack of a better word, a particular amount of numbers to go to church, that does not mean that God is on a public holiday. You are the one that is thinking that because the church door is not open and full, which means your life cannot operate in full. I feel like saying that again one more time. You are the one thinking because the church is not open and full that your life cannot operate in full. We serve a God who can choose to use online platform to address the needs of people. We serve a God who can choose to use two minutes of you bumping into a message on social media to change the course of your life. God cannot be stopped just because COVID is on ground. God cannot be stopped just because the doctor gave that report. God cannot be stopped just because your opinion is not right with him. He is a wonderful father. He is a faithful God. He is the one that will look at your mess and bring out a message from the mess. He is the one that will look at your trials and choose to make a triumphant entry for you in the place of your trial. And so because of that this morning, like the title of my message is, Don't be moved. It's a small potatoes. The Bible says in the book of Second Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 17 and 18. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. He said, now the spirit. He said, now the Lord is that spirit. He says, and where the spirit of the Lord is, he said, there is liberty. It says, now the Lord is that spirit. The spirit of the Lord is in this very particular service that you are listening. Now, this is what it says in verse 18. It says, but we all with open face, beholding in a glass the glory of the Lord. It says, I change into the same image from glory to glory, even by the same spirit of the Lord. It says, but we all, beholding the mirror, we all, Currently now listening to the service, 
we all he says are changed into the same image which means from one level of glory to another which means what used to beat you before yesterday because you are here this morning it should not be able to beat you again that failure that you experienced last month that disappointment you experienced two days ago that barrenness that hit you about five years ago because you are appearing before the father he says we are changed from glory to glory and so because of that this morning we are going to be looking from our test our test this morning from the book of second corinthians chapter 4 second corinthians chapter 4 from verse 17 and 18 remember my title don't be moved it's a small potato i know that the challenge is big i know that you lost loved ones I know that things that matters to you, you could not find them anymore. But God sent me to tell you this morning with a message that develops and also discipled you to become matured in Christ. He said, I should tell this sister, tell this brother this morning, don't be moved. It's a small potatoes. Now let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 from verse 17 to 18. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 to 18. I'm going to be reading from the King James Version and also from the Message Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, from verse 17 to 18. Now, this very particular scripture I'm about to read for you, this is one of the scriptures that gives me the boldness when I'm facing any challenges. The truth of it is the fact that we all face challenge. And this is one thing I want to say this morning just to help every born-again child of God. is the fact that just the moment, just because you give your life to Christ, does not mean that you are not going to face challenge. Because on this realm in which you and I are currently, the realm called earth, we will definitely face challenge. The Bible says both the rain, the rain fall both on the poor and the rich, the old and the young. Which means God is not by us in dispensings of his love. He is a loving father. John 3, 16 makes us to understand. He said, for God so loved the world. He didn't say, for God so loved the believers only. For God so loved the world. So which means um, everything available for the believers is also available for the unbelievers. If only they would change and believe. And so because of that, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 from verse 17 and 18. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. The Bible here says, it says, for our light affliction. You hear the statement the Bible says here. It says, for our light affliction. Paul the apostle was making the church of the Corinth to understand that that trouble in which you are going through, you are the one that is looking at that challenges, that difficulties as a big thing that is happening to you. But Paul make us to understand that we as believers, we are going to go through this affliction, but how will describe it? Totally dependent on what we get out of it. It says, but for our light affliction. It says, which is for but a moment. Which means it is not something that is everlasting. I know that you lose your job. It says, but it's for a moment. I know that that very particular expectation or the dreams and desire you have was aborted, but it says it was for a moment. It says, but which is for a moment. It says it walketh in us far exceeding great and eternal weight of glory. He now says in verse 18, it says, why we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. Which means why we look at the fact that we want to get a job and the job does not come. We want to get a contract. We want to be able to marry at a particular age. For example, I, I, I could talk a lot about marrying at a particular age. I thought that I'm going to get married at the age of 25. 
25 passed and I didn't know how the team passed so quick. And I was shocked and wondering that, okay, this marriage team may not work. But because I keep looking at the physical, I was thinking that my being married at 25, it's my best plan. Or maybe that is even God's plan for me. But I have no clue that 25 that I want to marry, God was beginning to mature me for me to meet my wife at this time and age. It says here, it says, why will look not at the things which are seen? I know you missed the appointment. I know that the pain, you lost your loved ones. COVID came, messed up a lot of things. As a matter of fact, most believers lose their jobs. Most believers lost their loved ones. Most believers that I know, personally, I know, they felt like giving up. It says, but we not look at the things which are seen. It says, but the things which are not seen. It says, for the things which are seen, they are temporal. I know that your boss fire you. It's a temporal stuff. What did Paul make us to understand? He said, it's a light affliction. He says, and this affliction, it's for a moment. He says, but, now this is a thing. He said, but the things which are not seen, he says, they are eternal. Let's look at it from the message translation because you're going to understand it and it's going to be very sweet here. The Bible says from the message translation also, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 from verse 17 and 18. It says from verse 17 here of the message Bible. He said, these hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. These hard times, he said, they are small potatoes. You are the one that is magnifying that very particular problem. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13, make me to understand that. He says, no challenges that are taking you such as is common to man. Which means the problem you are going through is a common problem. That very particular challenges, the difficulties. Uh, you lost your child, um, you lost your husband, you got divorced. Uh, things happen in your life that you cannot understand. Uh, the Bible make it and describe it here. It said they are small potatoes. These potatoes that you are looking, you are the one that is magnifying the potatoes. Uh, but the Bible here says they are small potatoes. He says, compared to the good times that is ahead. He said, the lavish celebration um, that is prepared for us. So which means when you begin to look at these problems, you begin to look at the challenges, you begin to look at the difficulties, you begin to look at the fallback, you begin to look at the lost, and you begin to open your mouth and begin to commonize them. You begin to tell them, I know that I lost my husband. I know I lost my wife. The job did not go the way I want. The contract did not show up, but they are small potatoes. I know the glory that is set before me. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 28, it says, for we know, it's says we know uh, the things that God planned for us. Uh, they are the things of good. Uh, he says we know uh, when you know what you know of God, uh, everything that is around your space, uh, regardless of the troubles and the circumstances, they become a small potatoes. Uh, I want somebody to say this after me. My challenges, <laughs> my troubles, my pain, they are small potatoes. Because the moment you begin to commonize the problem, that is how you begin to see the solution that you can engage in that very particular problem. The Bible just says, it says now in verse 18, it said there is far more here than meets the eyes. He said, the things which are now are here today and gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see to now, he says, they last forever. My dear, the things you see now, before you know what is going on, I know that you pray for that very particular child, for the child to come. Now the child is here. Good things has happened. Huh? But it gets to a particular point in the life of the child. The child will leave you as a parent and either go get married or go face your life. Huh? Which means everything that we see on this earth here, 
they are bought for a moment and that also includes uh, the place of pain challenges difficulties uh, and circumstances uh. and so because of that this very particular morning one of the things that i've noticed when it comes to this very particular work with god is the fact that there is a name that is accorded to believers there is a name that is accorded to us for example the moment we gave our life to christ uh, one of the things that we hear is the fact that uh, we are called the sons of god sometimes also we are called believers dependent on how your relationship is with god uh, you're called the one with christ uh, sometimes also we are being described as a joint hair with christ uh, or hairs of god we also see in the book of john chapter 15 uh, where jesus himself uh, was saying that i am divine and you are the branches so which means uh, there are many names that is accorded to us in the scripture but now there are some other names that is accorded to us uh, based on the positions uh, that we are currently occupying there are names that are accorded to us uh, but this is the thing um, just because your name is i mean just because you have a name um, that is accorded to you based on your position in god uh, or a name that is accorded to you based on your responsibility whichever of the two you find yourself uh, there will always be a challenge that may want to test you at that very particular point in time. Just because you give your life to Christ does not mean that your boss is not going to fire you. Just because you give your life to Christ does not mean that when you do business, you're not going to lost in your tradings. Just because you give your life to Christ only you are in God will not, make, will, not, will not exempt you of the challenges or probably the lootings that may happen in this earth. Remember that we are not of this world. The Bible make it clear. He said we are not of this world. As a matter of fact, he calls us as an ambassadors of Christ. If an ambassador of Christ in planet Earth here, which means we have a domain where we came from uh, that make us to become an ambassador here. For instance, I'm going to use um, me as a Nigerian. For example, we have an ambassador that represents us in court as a president in this very particular country. But now, guess what? That very particular ambassador of Nigeria that is currently now in South Africa south africa does not pay his salary south africa does not for lack of better word um, the only thing south africa owes him uh, is just security in fact as even a matter of fact the security that country in which he is coming from has already provided a security for that ambassador the only thing that Africa owes him is the fact that South Africa owes him a land where he can be able to use to be able to administer the agenda of the country that he is representing. And that's the same thing that happens to us when we are called the ambassadors of Christ. But guess what? Just because the man is an ambassador, the ambassador of Nigeria to South Africa, does not mean that when there is a crime in South Africa and it affects the people of South Africa and his people here, does not mean that he's also not involved. Because the moment he touches his own Nigeria, he has to stand up and respond. The moment things happen, he can also be attacked and he can also be touched regardless of whether he's an ambassador or not in South Africa. So which means whatever pain the country goes through, the ambassador of Nigeria to South Africa will face the same pain. For instance, the government bringing in South Africa a lockdown. The lockdown there says um, that at certain time you cannot move. Just because the man is an ambassador from Nigeria to South Africa and he chooses to say, no, I'm an ambassador. I will move at this time that I want to move. He has already now defaulted in the law of the land. He can be sued for that. And so he is compelled as an ambassador for him to adhere to the laws of the land that South Africa is putting on the ground. As an ambassador. 
And so we have been called an ambassador. And so because we are here on this earth, the pains and the challenges that man goes through, the pains and the challenges that unbelievers go through, we will also face that. But this is the thing that gives us guarantees and victory. It's the fact that those pains that we go through, we know that in Christ, they are bought for a moment. An unbeliever will go through the same pain. Their part is the fact that they give up totally, that nothing good can ever come out. But because we know in Christ, all things are possible. For as Christ is in me, the hope of glory, the fullness of God had dwells in me bodily. This is a small potatoes. My God is able. There is a way out. Because why we have an understanding of the place we are coming from that guarantees our freedom here in South Africa. Or probably here on this very particular earth. Hmm. Hallelujah. He now says here that based on the positions that we are, or based on the responsibility or the functionality that we need to do on planet earth, is the fact that we get to see that God also ascribed us as the light of the world. What is the light? It's a function. Ability for people to see you. And in them seeing you, there must be some certain categories of responsibility or certain, um, for lack of a better word, certain marks of qualification that makes you the light of the world. It says you are the salt of the earth. It says you are the royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, a chosen generation. What is he making us to understand here? He's making us to understand something that from the place of functionality, that is a place of your oneness in God, which is a redemptive name. That is a place of your functionality with God. But now, this is the one that I want to put this morning. That is a place also that also comes uh, where it is not based on your name in God uh, or based on your functionality, but this is based on your test and your conviction of the God you know. We are going to look that in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 17. Let's open our Bible this morning. Revelation chapter 2. Verse 17. The Bible here says, Holy Spirit, help me this morning to deliver these. Let someone this morning that is currently going through troubles, let them begin to see that this is just but a light. This is a light affliction. Father, this morning I pray for everyone streaming and listening to me at every quarters where they are. Lord, show them your hand. Touch them in the place that it pains the most. Let them understand that I'm still with you. The Bible says God is close with the ones that have a broken spirit. You say God is close with them. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. The Bible here says in Revelation chapter 2, verse 17. It says, It says, He that has an ear. Now we want to talk about this very particular third group of people. It says, He that has an ear. It says, Let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. It says, To him that overcometh. He says, will I give to him the hidden manners? He says, I will give him white stone and in a stone a new name. He says, which no man knoweth, saving he that receive of it. So which means there are, these are some of the people, huh? let me read it the way I said. I said, these are the names here that it's now called the overcomer based on the endurance, the strength and the capacity of that very particular person that is derived from their spirit within an overcomer. And that is where the title of this message means, don't be moved. It's a small potatoes. My dear, for you to be called a victor, 
For you to be called an overcomer, you must be able to be able to put a certain strength of responsibility to combat the challenges of your life for you to be called a victor. The truth of it is this, when you look at these WrestleManians, those guys who fight the WWE, is it WWE they call them? Those wrestling, yeah, I used to watch it, but now I've forgotten their names. When you look at it, for, for John Cena to be declared the victor, or probably the one that won that very particular battle, just because John Cena is on the ring and he's doing you can't see me, does not guarantee that he's going to win the match. He has to be able to engage in the battle. And what give him the capacity to engage in the battle? The strength and the capacity that the battle presents uh, that he can be able to overcome. He can be able to, to nullify the opposition. And that's what makes him an overcomer or a victor. And so because of that, dear born again child of God, dear believers this morning, uh, my message for you this morning is the fact uh, that just because you are on planet Earth does not mean that you are not going to face challenges. Uh. Just because you are on planet Earth does not mean uh, that the, 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 the fact that you paid your tithe, uh, paid your offering, sow a seed, uh, serve in the house of God, uh, does not mean that for this name to be called, uh, for you to be called an overcomer, uh, does not mean that you will not pass through those challenges. One of the things we need to understand is this. For you to be promoted from one level of class to another level of class, definitely you must write at the test. There is an exam that will be set before you by your teacher. And until you pass that test, you will repeat that very particular class. And dependent on how good the school is, if the school is like my schools in Nigeria, they will not just promote you to say go forward. They, they either leave you in the class or they expel you from the school. Because why? You do not qualify to become an overcomer that has left grade 1 to grade 2. And that's the thing here we are talking about this morning. That challenge that you are currently going through. Like the title says, it's a small potatoes. But for you to be able to overcome that very particular small potatoes, two things had to be on your inside to determine if you're overcoming is going to be in view. Two things. What is the one thing here? Is the fact that your conviction must be strong. Your conviction must be stronger. Your conviction must be stronger. The Bible says there in that Revelation chapter 2 verse 17, it says, He that overcometh, which means um, it's a thing of responsibility for you to overcome. It is not a responsibility from God. Because from the vantage point of God, he has seen you overcome. And so for that overcoming grace to become your reality, you have to pass through that very particular test of time. No wonder Paul, what's it called? David says, uh, he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, he says, I fear no evil. Because why? He has an understanding uh, that is a capacity of his conviction uh, that has been resident on God uh, that even though I pass through, he says, I will fear no evil. It is the same, <coughs> it is the same conviction that the, what you call the three Hebrew children they had. They were so convinced. Remember that they were going through fires. They were about to be thrown into a fire. There are some of us where by, by the time that fire is even hot, or probably was increased to 1% from the way it is before, we will bow down to Nebuchadnezzar. Say, so, and then what does God understand? Let me be alive for me to be able to do the next thing. Because why? Our conviction is not so strong. There are some of us, just because you lose the contract, you lose the job, you all of a sudden you begin to say things based on the fact that your conviction is not stronger. If your conviction is strong, you will be like Job. In the book of Job chapter 1, I think in, in the last verse of that very particular place, the Bible says, when Job lost everything that was lost, the Bible says, and Job worshipped God. 
And after worshiping him, he says, Job did not question God and to say, God, why me? The place of your conviction. Your conviction is only going to be the thing that will guarantee if you're going to overcome or not. Because the truth of it is the fact that if you claim, I remember, I think I remember by the time that, that, that we, my wife and I were doing our marriage counseling, the pastor who was counseling us said something that is very important when he was talking to us about the whole issue of respect, submission, love, and everything. And one of the things he said that was very profound, he says, it is easy for you to say I can submit until a situation comes for you to submit and you then do it. It is easy. You can then say I can love. You can say I can submit. You can say I will respect. But when something comes to prove that very particular thing, because trust me, see, 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 the problem with us as the church is the fact that we are quick for us to preach you about the supernatural, the blessings of God, but we're not here to tell you how to mature in the things of God that guarantees your overcoming possibilities. And this is where majority of us as believers were failed in the dealings of God. Because the truth of it is the fact that we want the great promotion. When the pastor says, thou shall be blessed, you are quick to say amen, but you don't understand that the blessing comes with scars. The greatness comes with pain. The greatness comes with men disappointing you. The greatness comes with people throwing accusing fingers, looking at you and saying, what is you, Valentina? What is the thing that comes? Because why? Greatness comes with a responsibility. It comes with a responsibility. It comes with sacrifice. It comes with pain. It comes with shame. It comes with disgrace. It comes with everything. And so your conviction, number one, determines if you overcome or not. Number two, it's your strength and capacity. You can be convinced that I know that I will never compromise my position in God. But when that time comes, do you have the strength and the fortitude for you to look at the battles and still stay in it. And to say, yes, I know you've punched me here. I know you've given me a knockdown. The Bible says a man shall fall seven times, but he shall rise up again. I know you gave me a knockdown two days ago, but I'm coming back to the ring. I know that I lost my job, but I'm starting another new job. I know <coughs> that my husband says I will never get married if I leave him, but watch me marry the, the talk that, what you call handsome, the Idris Harbour or the Morris Chestnut kind of guy that loves me beyond measure. The ability for your strength and your capacity to engage the pain, I mean the pain, regardless of the circumstances. How solid are you? How strengthened are you? The truth of it is the fact that challenges is going to come. My dear, I'm not here for me to give you a sweet message. I'm here for me to test your conviction of the God which you claim that you know. I'm here for you. Me, your pastor, I have my battles that I'm facing. And those battles every day comes to question me and to ask me, indeed, if I am really aware of what I keep saying, that God is good. Your test will be, and this is the thing that the Bible makes me to understand. On that same passage of Revelation chapter 2 verse 7, he now said something there. He says, if you overcome, so which means that is a blessing that is attached for those who overcome. Ah, when I was preparing this message, all of a sudden, I could not sleep. Uh, there was a time where my, I was just awake. And I was just, I was just mesmerized about the blessings uh, for overcoming that very particular battles. The blessings uh, for you going through the trials and the temptation, the shame and the disgrace, the name calling, the people telling you that show us your God. You've been praying and fasting and yet nothing is happening. Show us your God. Uh, he says, but there is a reward that comes for those who overcome. Let's look at the reward there, he says. Number one, he says, he says, I will give you the hidden manner. 
I will give you the hidden manner. So which means there is a manner which is a supply of potential, a supply of food that men are wondering, how come you are just getting an endless supply and yet you are not even walking the way we walk? Because why? You have crossed into a level based on the battles you've won. You have crossed into a level <coughs> based on the things you've overcome. And all of a sudden, the new level where you are, make sure that God is compelled to give you the hidden manner. The hidden manner. Then number two, he now says also, he says, and I will give him a white stone. What is a stone? A stone talks about a place of authority. I will give you a white stone. It talks about a place that cannot be shared. It is your proximity. This is your terrain. I will give you a white stone. Now, when he now talks again, he said, just for me, giving you the white stone does not even stop there. But I will do what I called a branding for you. That when men look at you, they can tell, this is Kanye, sir. This is Darlington. Because why? You have overcome. He now says, he says, and a new name will be written on that stone. What does it mean? A name called an overcomer. A name called a victor. A name called a triumphant. A name called prosperous. Because why? You have gone through the battles. You have the ranks of a general. And you can stand and eat with the fathers at the table. Knowing too well that yes, the blood of the sacrifice and the pain. The blood of the disappointment, the shame and the disgrace. You've gone through it. And so now you have a place for you to sit on your stone. And a name being inscribed. It's like buying a car and you're putting a customized name. God says, me, God, I will customize your place. But do you notice something? That can only come if we are going to overcome. That can only come. If we choose not to look at the problems, the pains, and the circumstances and begin to magnify them, but rather call them small potatoes, but rather not be moved by the things that is happening. And so because of that, this very particular moment, beloved, we are going to be looking at some certain things this morning that can make us understand some certain principles that governs this very particular earth. And so because of this, before we look at those very particular things, I want you to understand this, that as far as we are humans, we will face challenges and pain. Please hear me and hear me well. We will face them. Oh, we will. You will get to the point that your boss may not pay you your salary at when due. Because whatever, you know that the company has made the money. But yet, they will not pay you salary. And you are trying to think, but God, why? Sometimes it will get to the point that you pay your, you are very faithful in the dealings of God, but yet your salary has been cut. And you are wondering, but God, why me? He that overcome to the end. Now he that overcome, it's a challenge and a trial that is on your finance. Will you stay put? Will you pull the strength from your inside and understand that this is a small potatoes? And so because of that, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 from verse 1 to verse 8, make us to fully understand that there is a time and a season under heaven. We get to even see, for instance, with a man called Jesus. Before we begin to look at my pointers this morning, we begin to see with a man called Jesus. What happened to Jesus? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 1 and 2. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Now Jesus is our pattern example. When you look at Jesus, you want to wonder, this was a man that was God himself. He was God that comes out of God to become man so that he can show man how to become God. I don't know how I get there, but it really sounds good. He was God that comes out from God to come to man to show man how to become God. But guess what? When he comes on this very particular earth, he also faces his own challenges. 
There were points whereby people were not believing him. There were points whereby people were trying to stone him. There were points whereby, in fact, you know the story, he was captured, nailed on the cross because why? People could not believe him. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 1 to verse 2, the reason why I am using my time for me to explain this is because I want you to mature to the point where when things happen to you, you don't then begin to throw your toys out of the window. You don't then begin to say, no, this God, I'm tired, I'm done. This is not, I forget this, not, I forget, forget this God thing, it's not working. Calm down. It is working. It is just a face. It is working. It's just a face. Somebody say that after me. This God, it is working. I'm just going through a face. It's just a face that you are going through. It's just a face. Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 1 and 2. The Bible says here from verse 1. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with a great cloud of witness. He said, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth easily beset us. He said, Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Do you hear the statement? Let us run with what? Patient. He now says in verse 2. He said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He said, who for the joy that was set before him. Guess what happened? He said, he endured the cross. You want to look at a man called Jesus. What does he need to endure? Because this level called earth where we are. There is always a pain and the challenges that will come that will want to question our strength, question our conviction, question the things in which we know. The Bible says he endures the cross. As if that was not even enough, he despised the shame. People were mocking him. People... <coughs> He was being blessed and yet people are saying, are you the one that is blessed? He raised the sick. They questioned him. That, are you sure that you raised the sick with the God in which you were talking about? He was despised. And yet he says, and he sat at the right hand of God, the Father in heaven. He sat because why? He endured the cross. He despised the shame. Two things that was constantly coming upon his life. But yet the Bible makes us to understand. This Jesus, he endured the cross and he despised the shame. He endured the cross and he despised the shame. He endured the cross and he despised the shame. My dear sister, I'm repeating this one for you one more time for you to endure, for you to hear. Endure the cross and despise the shame. Jesus understand this is a small potatoes. There is something bigger than me than these very particular circumstances. There is something bigger that is an eternal weight of glory that is set for me. If only I can stay put and no matter how the challenges look like, I endure the cross <coughs> and I despise the shame. As we begin to look at some of the pointers this morning, the Bible says in the book of 1 Peter chapter 4 from verse 12 to verse 16. 1 Peter chapter 4 from verse 12 to verse 16. I'm reading this very particular scripture because I want you to understand this. That the challenges that you are currently going through is the fact that number one, it is common to man. And number two, God is faithful. Number three, he's going to give you an idea for how to come out of the challenges. But number four, which is very important, you have to want it. You have to want it. You have to want it. And so because of that, the Bible, has, the Bible that we read, the Bible on your phone, the Bible, hard copy Bible that you have, it has not defoiled us of the fact that people are not going to go through challenges. In fact, as a matter of fact, all through scriptures, you will find fathers of faith, you will find prophets, you will find men and women who went through diverse kinds of challenges. 
But yet, they still come on. They were victorious. Obviously, some fell along the line, but there are a majority of them that succeeded regardless of the challenges and the outcomes of circumstances. They still pull through. And so, just because you are going through what you are going through, my dear sister, my dear brother, it's not the fact that that very particular problem is not in the Bible. It is there. The problem is the fact that we are quick to say, thou shalt be blessed. But we are very slow to mature you as a believer. For you to begin to see and begin to perform your life like a surgeon. Ability to open your life and begin to look what is missing in my life. And begin to fix that. And one of the services this morning is the service of maturity that we're talking about. Now let's look at what Apostle Peter says here. Apostle Peter here says, Now this was a man that was coming from a posture of maturity. He was coming to mature a well-mannered disciples. He was coming to sit down with these people to make them understand that dude, calm down. What was he saying in 1 Peter chapter 4 from verse 12 to 16? 1 Peter chapter 4 from verse 12 to verse 16. Krabosha lata gebosha. Father, give somebody the grace for them to be able to receive this truth and help them for them to run through the race and the challenges of their life. First Peter chapter 4, from verse 12 to verse 16. The Bible here says, It said, Beloved, it said, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which is tried you. It said, As though some strange things is happening to you. Do you hear what Peter was saying here? It said, Beloved. Now, he was talking to believers. This scripture here, he was not talking to unbelievers. He was talking to you and I who constantly come before God. He said, beloved, think it not strange. He said, don't begin to look at it that it is strange for you to lost your job. Don't begin to look at it that it is strange for you to have headache or back pain. No, he said, think it not strange that the fiery trial which is tried you as though is a strange thing. He says, don't think as if it's strange just because you've prayed and you're fast, you bind the devil and you are going out tomorrow morning and your car tire bust or probably had an accident. You come out of the car safe, but yet you are shouting and blaming, God, what nonsense is this? Have I not prayed? Did I not do this? He said, think it not strange. It takes some certain maturity for you to get to this point of what Peter is talking about. That regardless of what is happening, think it not strange. Don't begin to magnify the problem and magnify it so big beyond your God who can make it possible. Oh my dear, I have seen in my own little world where I have done things from my strength, they, they, they fail. I, I have calculated all the indices. I, I'm a sharp, so forget it, I know, you don't need to tell me, I know I'm sharp. I'm a sharp guy when it comes to some certain things, but trust me, with my sharpness, it, it fall down flat. But guess what? I picked up myself. I did not look at it and say, but God, why me? You are trying me. But God, what nonsense is this? Didn't I do my things and stuff? When I was a baby, now this is the thing here. Let me put a context there. When I was a baby in God, obviously I complained. Oh, I asked God, God, why me? Are you trying me? What kind of nonsense is this? I asked, oh, manner of, that's why I understand what you are going through. <coughs> I've been there. But guess what? Rick, do you notice that when you ask God all those questions, he is quiet. Because he is trying for you to understand that I don't think it is strange. <coughs> there is a pattern of oppression in the Bible there that addresses that very particular thing. Now let's look at verse 13. It says, But rejoice in as much as ye are partaker of Christ's suffering. So which means there is a suffering that is partaking or that is pertaining to Christ. 
If you are suffering for you standing in faith, if you are suffering for you believing the things that no matter what happened, I'm not going to compromise. If you are suffering based on the fact that you trust God and you refuse to trust men, it says here, rejoice in as much as you are particular of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, he say, ye be glad also with exceeding joy. He says, if ye be reproached for the name of Christ, he say, happy are ye. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, your boss look at you and tell you point blank that just because you keep praying, I'm going to fire you. He said, rejoice. Your boss are trying to do low shedding in their company. They choose to shed you out of the business. Rejoice. You go out and people don't want to associate with you because you constantly call yourself, I am Christ-like. And they decide to isolate you. Rejoice. He says, he says, think it not strange, but yet rejoice. It says, um, for the spirit of the glory and of God rested upon you. It says, on their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, it says, he is glorified. He now says in verse 15, it says, but let none of you suffer as a murderer. So not the fact that you go and kill somebody and now you are suffering from the pain and you are trying to ascribe that pain to God kind of pain. No. It says, uh, none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or a busybody in another man's business. It says, yet, if any man suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed or be moved. Do you see where my title come from? If any man suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. You try to get the job, but they refuse to give you the job. Don't be ashamed about it and don't be moved. You try to do some certain things and it's not working in the integrity of God in you. And yet you are paying the price of standing in your conviction. It says, let him not be ashamed. He said, but let him glorify God on his behalf. Let him glorify God on his behalf. One scripture for me that keeps coming as we're busy, as I'm going to be looking at why, what does the challenge or what does challenge and pain comes to do in our lives? Because the truth of it is a fact that when we begin to understand these challenges and pain that comes, yes, it comes to everybody. But because I'm a Christian, what does he, why does he have to come to me? Why? But before we get there, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 24 verse 10. Proverbs 24 verse 10. That scripture is going to bless somebody and I pray that somebody's eyes is open for them to see this. As simple as this scripture. It says, if you faint in the day of adversary, it says, thy strength is small. Let's read it again. If you faint in the day of adversity or adversary, it says your strength is small. If you fail, if you faint in the day, which means God is already making us to understand that that day is coming. Just the same way, for instance, in South Africa, we have Freedom Day, we have Christmas Day, we have Human Rights Day, we have all manner of day. And so also, the scripture make us to understand that a day is coming. He said, when that day show up, he said, and if you faint in that day, he says, because your strength is small. He did not say that if you fail in that day that you are an unbeliever, no. It's just the fact that the strength for you to overcome that very particular day, it is small. And this day he's talking about, it's not just a day. It can be a season. It can be a moment. It can be times, it can be months. He said, but if you faint in that day, 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 your strength is small. And so because of that, as we begin to look, what does challenges and pain come to do in our lives? Four things that we are going to be looking at. And I'm going to be taking this very particular four thing from the acronyms called PAIN. 
What does it come to do in our lives? And after then, we'll be looking at also how do we now need because the truth of it is a fact that yes, now we begin to understand that challenges and pain are common to man. They are common to man. It's not common to believers. It's common to man. So first and foremost, make peace. It is common to man. But now we are looking, what does this pain and challenges come to do to us as believers? Because we understand that yes, this is common. But for me to be a believer, ah, there must be something that this thing is coming to do. Because it's not even supposed to come. Because I'm a believer. But because I know that I'm on earth and it will come, but what is it trying to do? Point number one, let's look at it. What does challenges come to do in your life? Number one, it comes to put pressure on your conviction. It comes to put pressure on your conviction. The truth of it is the fact that this is a question of how firm you are in God. The conviction of the God that you come out to confess the conviction that you say, God, you alone or none of anybody. They so the, the pain, the challenges and everything, it will come to test and to put pressure. If you notice the P of the pain there, it means put pressure. It comes to put pressure on your conviction. You have been telling people in Christ, I live in Christ, my being. In Christ, I move in everything. But that day comes. It says when you faint in the day of adversity, a day will come that the pressure will be tested. A day will come that your conviction will be tested. It says, but if you faint in that day, it says your strength is small. Two people we are going to look at as an example this morning so that you can see that this putting pressure, the pain there, the P, which means put pressure on your conviction, it happens to every one of us. Oh, it does happen to every one of us. Even me, your pastor, the pain and the challenges is putting pressure on me to know that whether it is five people or ten people or no people that is streaming on stuff, I'm still going to preach the way God has called me to preach. It is putting pressure how convinced in which I am. How strong I know that God has called me with a rested life. Just because they gave me the mandate of rest a few years ago does not mean that the enemy will not come and put pressure on the conviction of what I carry. The Bible says uh, especially with a man called Job. We get to see with the life of Job. In fact, when you look at it from Job chapter 1 verse 1, it says that there was a man in the land of us. He said the name of this man was called Job. Now look at the statement that God used to describe this man. Very interesting. He says the man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Now the Bible took time to explain this man called Job for us. Took time that this guy was perfect. Which means when it comes to every dealings of God, he was perfect. When it comes to the dealings of his business, he was perfect. He says there he was upright. He was the one that feared God. Anything of God, oh boy, forget it, I am in. And here the Bible says, ensure evil. But guess what? You know the story of Job chapter 1 from verse 1 to the end. All of a sudden, the devil, as much as he was upright in the sight of God, the Bible says the devil was lurking around, looking for how to be able to bring in some certain pressure to test his conviction. Some certain pressure to test who he is. And the Bible says, why this man was so strong in his dealing with God, there was a loophole somewhere called the spirit of fear. So he was doing everything, <coughs> trying to stay perfect, but from the posture of fear. And the Bible says, when the enemy found the loophole, and he went to God and to speak to God in heaven concerning Job. He says, does Job serve you for nothing? He said, you've built a wall of fire around about him. 
You said you've protected everything and everything that he has. And this is what the Bible makes us to understand him. It says, God said to, I mean, the devil said to God, he says, let me try this man. And let me show you that he would deny you. Like right here, he would deny you like magic. And this is what God said, because God knows the quality guarantee. You see, I wish you understand that God is so proud of you, regardless of the troubles and the challenges in which you are going through. When you gave your life to Christ, the version of God that is in you is the fullness of who God is that he gives you. And so there's some certain pressure that will come or that is about to come. For some of you, the pressure is already here. For some of you, the pressure will come. For some of you, that you, 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 you just left the pressure and new one is coming. But this is something I want you to understand this morning. God is so proud of you. He's so proud of you that in his standpoint where he's looking at you as a believer, he sees you already as an overcomer. But when you fail along the line, he then questions you. If you notice, he doesn't condemn you. Oh, we don't condemn. But he comes and tells you, your strength was small here. Your strength, why didn't you pull it this way? The Bible says when, when Job appeared before God and Job was bringing the proposal before God, what was the proposal? God, if I touch this guy, he would deny you. If I touch this guy, Forget it, he will curse you and die. We get to see that God said, okay, I hear you. Already is in your hand because he's already trading in fear. And that's why you come. Because you've been walking. Because this is, you know, it's quite interesting when, when you look at Job's story, go back and read the book of Job chapter 1. When you look at Job's story, the Bible says, um, God looked at devil, that devil was in the courtroom of heaven there. And he said to devil, and he said, see, I see that you've been observing this. It's not God trying to say, have you considered? God was saying, I see that you have been checking this very particular guy called Job. Because if not, so if God did not say that, the response of Job would, I mean, of devil would not have been what he said. Do you notice the response of devil? He's obviously, I've been checking him out. I check him out and I see that you've built a wall of fire around about him. So God is saying to him, I see that you've been checking this guy out. You've been looking at how to put pressure on his conviction. And God says he has actually given a way out which is fear. But this is one thing. I know the God that I have on his inside. That no matter what the pressure you are going to put on his conviction, number one, he's not going to deny me. And number two, watch me restore him back again. Now, this is God sitting in heaven, putting a statement of assurance and guarantee for a man that is about to go through a pressure of his conviction. And the Bible says, when that pressure hits, in Job chapter 2 verse 9, his wife, Kabrosha Taketoza, his own wife. That's why sometimes some certain pressures and challenges that you go through, it does not come from people you don't know. Most of the times, it comes from the people you know. The ones that you've helped. You help them at the place of nothing. Now they are big boys. They are the one now trying to turn the system against you. There are some of you, you've helped people out of poverty. You lose your resource. In fact, sometimes lose your marriage, lose your relationship just to help these people. But they are the one castigating you. For Job case, his own wife, the one that he paid the bride price, the one that he has known, the one that has given birth to the children that he has, guess the statement that comes out of his wife. Because the enemy will use anything to put pressure on your conviction. And this is me trying to mature you this morning. He will use anything to put a pressure on your conviction. The wife now said, he says to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? I, do you hear the question? It's a direct question about his conviction. Are you still maintaining your integrity? Why don't you curse God and die? Why don't you curse God and die? Many of us are at this very particular season. Many of us. We are at a season whereby we are, we are already, should I curse God? 
Even though we've not said it, but our action already is somehow showing it. That God, stay your lane. I stay my lane. I'm not, I still serve you. It's okay. I still know you that you are God. But do you see the posture of, 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 of what's called, of, of Job? Job knew that pain, this thing called pain and challenge, number one, it will come to put a pressure on my conviction. It will put a pressure to check if my integrity is in view. And the Bible makes us to understand that on that very particular place, devil put everything he can in one day. Remember, if you faint in the day of adversity, that day, the man lost his children, lost his business, lost everything to make matters worse. He was now leprous. And yet, get what? His conviction was still intact. He never caused God. The Bible says at the last verse there of that first particular Job chapter 1. At the last verse there, if you read it, the Bible says, after all he's done, he says the guy worshipped God and never questioned God. But number one, pain and challenges will put pressure in your conviction. We also see with a man called Christ. There is no way we will not put this one because I want you to understand that this work we are doing, you will be tested. Oh, trials and temptation will come. Just because you want to start that very particular business, you have all your dogs on the cart rolling. You are about to launch out. And all of a sudden, you just wake up one morning and you find out that the book is no more there. The place you put a proposal. Or for strange, <coughs> for strange reason, the email that you wanted to send got shut down. As stupid and as, 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 as lousy as that example, it can put pressure on your conviction. Because why? The enemy is not about... The enemy is not about your business. Mm -mm. It's about the position that you stand in God. If he can, and, and that's, that, this is one of the things here that we need to understand of the sin that devil I mean that Adam committed. Adam did not commit a sin of fornication. No. Adam did not commit a sin of lying. Adam did not commit a sin of adultery. No. Adam's sin was a sin of position. He moved. Because the devil comes to sell the same thing that he is. And he chooses to believe the lies of the devil. The same thing also happened to Jesus here. In the book of Luke chapter 4 from verse 1 to verse 13. Luke chapter 4 from verse 1 to verse 13. The Bible says here. That and Jesus being filled of the Holy Ghost. He said returned from Jordan and was led by the spirit of the wilderness. He said being 40 days tempted of the devil. In those days he did not eat anything. And when he was ended. He afterward hungry. Now guess who showed up? After he has fasted and prayed, after he has bind the devil from four beers and stuff, that same devil that he bind showed up. Now you want to wonder and say, but this is Jesus. How come this can happen? My dear, this realm called earth that we are, trials and temptation will come. Things will put pressure on your integrity. The Bible now says in verse 3, and the devil said unto him, it says, if thou be the son of God, do you see the pressure on his conviction? Because he keeps saying, I'm the son of the most high God. The devil also knows that he is. Because the devil knows the knowledge. He knows this guy. He knows this is son of God. But he come with a new proposition to put pressure on his conviction. If thou be the son of God, he says, command the stone to break. Do you see the, 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 the wisdom he used? He uses the thing that, that is called to him. At that moment, it was hungry. For Job, it was his wife. Which means Job loved his wife so much to the point that the enemy will enter through Job, through the wife, to come to tempt him. To put pressure on his conviction. He says, if thou be the son of God. It's okay now, if thou be the son of God, what can I do? What can I do? 
to test your conviction if you are the son of God. Oh, you are hungry. Why don't you turn this stone to bread? Now, the moment Jesus understands that, oh, you are here to put pressure on my conviction, you can't play the game. And the Bible says, and Jesus answered and said unto him, it is written. It is written. The only thing that can guarantee you out of every trouble and out of every challenge is what is written that you constantly keep saying. If you can locate what is written concerning the challenges and you keep saying it, I know the God of the rested land I call into. In no time, because that challenge is, is brought for a moment, it will pop out. The Bible says there that and Jesus answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. So which means, yes, I know that I need the food, but I don't need to live by bread alone. But I'll live by every word that comes out of the word of God. Number one, please remember, the enemy will put pressure on your conviction, which is the P. Point number two, quickly. What happens when we go through challenges and pain? Is the fact that number two, the A part, it attempts to compromise you. Oh yes, it attempts to compromise you. Remember, I didn't say it comes to compromise. It's attempt. It's an attempt. The pain and the challenges you are currently going through is an attempt of the devil to compromise your posture and your position in God. Your conviction, yes, you've been able to settle it. But he said, okay, fine. I want to look for another way. Let me compromise your stand. Whereby this God thing you are doing, we can find something to mix into it so that you can then, you cannot, you can, you can, you cannot be standing strong. And some of it is like, ah, but my dear sister, I know you serve God now. I know, I know you are a born again child of God. But you see, this promotion that you need, just sleep with the guy. The boss, the boss is married. You are also married. It's okay. It's just one night. Nobody will know. Compromise. It will bring an attempt to compromise your position. <coughs> the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 from verse 16. I mean from verse 14 to 16. Hebrews chapter 4 from verse 14 to 16. He says saying here. He says seeing then that we have a great, a great high priest that is pressed. I mean that is passed into heaven. Jesus Christ the son of God. He said let us hold fast to our profession. Which means that thing that we are convinced about. He said, let us hold fast to it. Let us not be wavery. Let us not shake, but hold fast. Now, this is what is in verse 15. He said, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with our feelings of infirmity. He said, but in all point was tempted like we are, yet without sin. Now, when he was talking about this concept of sin here, he says, but he did not change nor move position. Like the title says, don't be moved. It's a small potatoes. It says here, yeah, it says, but with all point tempted, the same temptation that you are currently going through, the same trials, challenges, difficulties, your Jesus went through it. If your Jesus is a perfect example that has gone through all that same problem, you can derive your strength from him and say, if Jesus can conquer, I have him on my inside, I will overcome. And so it will attempt to compromise you. We can see that also in the book of Luke chapter, Luke chapter 4. The same scripture we're using. Luke chapter 4 from verse 5. The Bible says also, Luke 4 verse 5. It says, and the devil, remember is the temptation again of the devil for Jesus. It says, and the devil taking him up into a high mountain. He said he showed him all the kingdoms of this world. In a moment of time, he showed him everything. And he says, this is what the devil said. Do you see the place of attempt to compromise? This is what it says. He says, and the devil said unto him, he said, all the power I will give you. He says, the glory of them. He said, for that is delivered unto me. And to whomever I give, I will give it. If thou will only worship me. 
and it shall be yours. My dear, there is this very particular point. I, I, I wish I could have enough time for me to explain this one point, point blank. The enemy always have a strategy for him to want to be able to sell us a original or probably a photocopy of the original we already have. Because remember that all he has is just a photocopy. You are the original of God. He knows too well that you are created in the image and likeness of God. Which means you have the fullness of the Godhead in you. When the devil looks at you, he sees God. And so the only way for him to do is to attempt to compromise you. Because he knows that I cannot compromise this guy, but I'll try my best. John 10.10 10 says, he said, for the enemy, the devil comes, he said, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. His own business, that is, see, the devil mandate is simple, steal, kill, and destroy. There is no, forget the fact he gave you car. The car that he gives you from the position of compromise, he will use it to bury you. He doesn't, he doesn't have emotion, doesn't have emotion attachment to you. No, he does not. The Bible says here, in verse 6 of Luke chapter 4, it says, and it says to him, all the powers. So which means he carries a version of power. And just because you are running your church and nobody has been healed in your church and the devil will come with a proposition to attempt to compromise you. You say, you see, why don't you just carry this, this ring? I thought my ring is in my hand. I don't know how come I dropped it. <laughs> my wife will laugh at me now. I'm like, ah, but I told you. He will come with a ring and say, see, nobody needs to know. There are people that are doing this ring thing now. Just still call Jesus. It's okay. Just still call your Jesus. But just wear this ring. So that when you lay hand on people and they fall, it will look like the power of God and you will get no members. Because why? He's only there to attempt to compromise you. The same thing also applies with you with your job that you're doing. He will come and attempt to compromise you and say, no, you've been praying and fasting and believing God for promotion, but it's not coming. But your boss is telling you one night, just one, one night. And this applies to both male and female. Oh, I've seen men whereby the women boss attempt, tempt them. I've seen them. Yoo-hoo. I've seen. I've seen. It's possible. <clears throat> the same way female boss tempt men, that's how male boss tempt female. It's, 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 a, it's a crazy word, my dear. But what is it trying to do? It attempts to compromise you. We get to see also. For you to see how the devil come to meet Jesus, the all-powerful God, the express image of the Father, but he was attempting to compromise him. Say, see, come. This is what Jesus was saying here. Let me say it in broken terms. Say, see, guy, come. Let me say it in Nigerian language. Say, guy, come, 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 come. Makari you go someplace. Makari you go. You say, see these powers. You say, literally, powers can be seen. Say, see this power, see this glory, see these things. See, all these things we won't come do for here. No, no, no need. Just chill. Just bow. You, are you not coming here to die for these things before? So, but I already have them. Just bow. But guess what? He knew that devil has it. I mean, he knew that God, I mean, Jesus has all that. But he wants to attempt to compromise him. The fact that you lose the job is an attempt of the devil to compromise your faith in Christ. The fact that that very particular dream, the desire, the vision, the pregnancy and whatever that you are expecting God for, but yet it did not come, is part of the devil's attempt to compromise you. Because he knows that if he can get you to compromise, to compromise your faith, he has succeeded in taking you out and to isolate you. First point to isolate you before the stealing, the killing and the destroy take place. The Bible make me to understand in Revelation chapter 17, verse 18, that this devil, where well, it's called the great woman in Babylon, that this devil can also sell this merchandise. And that's why for me, I am not, I'm not bothered about the razzmatazz that happens in the church. 
For me, I take my time. Even me as a son of the Most High God, for me to associate myself with other pastors or servants of God, I take my time. I'm sorry, I'll tell you the truth. Let's be matured in the teachings of God. I take my time for me to sit down and want to talk to any pastors. Because the question there for me is, what rivers are you drawing from? Because the devil also have his own kind of rivers. That there is a rivers of the living God and there is a rivers of the devil. It's there. The Bible, let me show you. Revelation chapter 18 from verse 10 to 13. Revelation 18, 10 to 13. He was talking about this great woman of Babylon. This woman is a businesswoman. She knows how to sell things. She can sell anointing for you. She can sell power. She can even give you members in your church. She can bring people to buy product from your hand. But yet she is busy doing the compromise that the devil has sent her to do. Revelation chapter 18, 10 to 13. It says here, it's, I'll read from verse 11. It says, And the merchant of the earth, she wept and mourned over her, for no man buyeth of her merchandise anymore. What merchandise was he talking about? Look at verse 12 for you to see the merchandise that this woman is selling. And there are people every day compromising to go and buy the merchandise from this great woman of Babylon. This demonic incarnate that stands as the principalities and power, walking day in, day out to compromise you. What is said in verse 12? Guess what it said in verse 12? It says, for this woman, this is what she sells. She sells the merchandise of gold. So which means the gold that you are looking for, she also have the product of it. She sells silver, precious stone, of pearls and of fine linen, purple, sleek, scarlet, and all thine woods. He said, all manner of vessels of ivory, all manner of most precious wood, brass, iron, marble. Now look at verse 13. It says, and also she sells cinnamon. It says she sells order. She sells ornament. She sells frankincense. She sells wine. And guess what she sells again? She sells oil. The anointing. Also, she sells it. He says she sells fine flour and she sells wheat, beasts and sheep, horses and chariots, slaves. And guess again what she sells? She sells the souls of men. Now, this woman is a great businesswoman. Her job is to look for things to compromise you. Her job is to look at the place of your pain, where the pain is so hard, and come in there and begin to sell product to you. Why do you need to wait on God when I can give you this very particular thing? Why do you need to stand on this faith, this faith business? Forget it. Just come and bow to my God. I will give it to you free. But it's an attempt to compromise you. Because why? There is a weight of glory if you can be patient enough and be like Jesus, endure the cross. What you call despise the shame. Endure the cross, despise the shame. And so before we begin to get into my point number three, there are three factors that lead to compromise. What are the three factors? This will bless somebody. These three factors, it leads to compromise. If you are not strong, and this is me, I'm begging you, if I can do these three and end my service, my job is done. But these three factors, if you can hold these three factors dearly in your heart and make sure you find the strength to overpower these three factors, the ability for you to attempt the compromise that the enemy is bringing, it will not be in view. Point number one, what are these factors that lead to compromise? Is hope deferred. When you've hoped for something for too long, you hope to have your children, you hope to be maritally settled, you hope for your business to prosper, you hope for you to blow at a particular age, hope deferred. Hope deferred. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 13 verse 12, Proverbs 13 verse 12. He says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So which means when you expect it for too long, you then get bitter 
But remember, Proverb also says, it says, if you faint in the days of adversities, it says your strength is small. So I know that your hopes have been deferred. I know that that very particular thing has been dashed so many times. It says, but hope deferred, if not managed properly, it can lead you to the point of compromise or attempting to compromise with the devil. In fact, hope the fight can put a pressure on your conviction. I hope that one day I'm going to get married. You keep hoping and the enemy keep proposing to you. Are you sure that this God is going to show up for you? Are you sure that this thing that you're believing God for is going to ever happen? Hope deferred. Hope deferred. Number two, quickly. What else is the factors that leads to compromise? Attacks and temptations. Attacks and temptations. Attacks that you wonder, like, what kind of attack is this? Who do I offend? You, you, you try all your best, but yet you just have enemies that do not. In fact, there are some certain enemies that don't just even like you just because you are breathing. Yes. Just because you wake up in the morning and you post on your Facebook, Jesus is Lord, they just hate you for that. You wake up in the morning, you are going to office, your boss just look at you, he does. You wonder like, guy, did I take your wife? What's your problem? Or probably somebody called you and all of a sudden, and you are being honest. Because attacks and persecution can come from everywhere, can come. All of a sudden, your friend called you and you tell them, brother, oh boy, I'm not, I'm not in Joburg, I'm in Cape Town. I'm trying to do one hustle. And that friend of yours get angry. Why must you tell me you're in Cape Town? Must you tell me that you are? And you're like, but I'm not lying. I'm in Cape Town. Attack and persecution. They will come. And what is the job of it? It's to compromise you. It's to make you move. And to look at this God thing. Like really, most people, it will come. Do you notice that the same people who Jesus healed, the same 5,000 people who Jesus feed, the same almost 5,000 plus men and women, almost 20,000, those are part of the people that stand at the front of the king and say, crucify Jesus. They stood there and still say, crucify him. Because why? Attack and persecutions will always come. James chapter 1 from verse 1 to verse 5. James 1 verse 1 to verse 5. It says then in verse 2, it says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers. I like what he says there. He said, diverse temptation. He said, knowing this, that the trying of your faith, he said, it worketh patient. Which means as much as they keep hating you, as much as they keep attacking you, don't be moved. It's a small potato, sir. They don't like you for the fact that you are white. It's okay. They don't like you because you are the only black girl succeeding in the company. It's okay. They don't like you because you are maritally settled. It's okay. Don't be moved. It's a small potato, sir. He says in verse 4, he said, But let patience have a perfect work in you, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. He says, if you lack the wisdom on how to deal with this very particular trials and temptation. Now that's what verse 5 says. If you lack the wisdom, he said, let him ask of God, that give it to all men liberally and obraded not. He said, for it shall be given to him. This morning we are going to be praying. After the end of the service, we're going to be praying. Lord, strength for me to be able to go through this attack. There are some of you this morning, I'm here to tell you, I know that the attacks is stronger. I know the pain is there. I know that your hope has been deferred. But I'm here to tell you, your pastor feels your pain. I see your pain. Your God sees your pain. But I'm here to tell you this morning, if you can pray for strength one more time. If you can say, God, give me the strength to carry through. There is a blessing at the other side of my overcoming. There is a blessing at the other side of my winning the battle. That is a blessing at the other side of me standing stronger and not allowing the devil to shift my convictions of who I am. Attacks and persecution. Oh, people will persecute you. 
just because you are promoted to next level the same people who you are who you are hanging around with and you even are, you are now the managing director of the company before you were just a sub director now the manager and you still want to go hang around them they are the one to tell you abba calm down now shoe her size you can't be coming to hang around us anymore and you're like no but nothing have changed i still want to hang around my chomis but yet because of that level of position and guess what you prayed for it it is something that you believe God for. And it happened, but yet attack come. Haven't you noticed the Bible says with, with the life of Paul? He says, a new door has been opened unto me. But there are many attacks and persecutions that is on this very particular place. Beloved, this is a message that the body of Christ needs to be telling our believers every day. That just because you speak in tongues, just because you bind the devil, just because you pay your tithe to give your offerings and you do all the razzmatazz that we do in church, does not mean that the enemy is not going to show up. They will show up to test your conviction and to attempt to compromise you. Point number three here also, what are the things also, factors that lead to compromise? is prolonged sorrow, anger, and bitterness. Prolonged sorrow, anger, and bitterness. It gets to a point whereby your hope has been deferred. The attack and petition is too long. It then formed sorrow in you where you are just bitter every day. There are some of you, regardless of the promotion that you have, you are still bitter because the pain of that very particular thing you are expecting, it has formed a spirit called sorrow, bitterness, and anger where the things of God does not matter to you anymore. Yet, I wake up in the morning, Jesus is Lord, let him remain there. Sorrow and bitterness. What is it here? One of the things which I put here. I say sorrow, anger, and bitterness. It's an emotional state or a mental condition. It's, or it's a feeling of distress due to prolonged disappointment. It's a mental state. It's an, a mental condition, an emotional state due to prolonged disappointment. And we all see that very particular one also. Jesus at the Mount of Gethsemane, where he was, it was a prolonged sorrow that pushed him, if not because he sustained the strength and the fortitude. Do you notice what he said? He said, let this cup pass over me. It was too painful for him. These are the people I want to, I came to save them, but yet they are looking forward for, for them to plot to kill me. The bitterness that was beginning to breed in the life of Jesus, he could, he find a way to understand that this is the earth realm. I am tempted at all sides. But I refuse to give in. I am tempted at all sides. I know that my business is to die for these people. But I'm not going to crave in with their ungrateful and their bitter and their malicious and anger towards me. Jesus understands this. The Bible says here in the book of Psalm chapter 147 verse 3. It says he healed the broken heart and he binded the wounds. He healed. So God understands that there are some of us, the bitterness and the anger. You lost your loved ones and you are wondering, but God, why me? And it has formed a bitterness in you to the point that even when you show up in church, you are not in church because you are wondering, but why would this church not save my husband? Why would this church not save my wife? Why would this church not save my job? It has now formed bitterness and anger. But guess what? There is a way out. The Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 4 verse 18, it says the spirit is upon me. 
He said, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He says, he has anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. Your heart has been broken because of the consistent disappointment. But there is a place for somebody this morning. I pray this morning as a prophet. I declare upon the sound of my voice. That devil that has breed sorrow. That has sponsored anger. That has sustained bitterness in your heart. I declare them out of your life now. In the name of Jesus. Sorrow. Bitterness. And anger. These three things if not well managed. It can make you compromise. The hope deferred. Attack and persecution. Prolong sorrows and anger. If not managed in strength. Now this is a strength that you have to derive from God. If not managed. It can make you shift your position. Or compromise. Or it can put pressure on your conviction. And you will shift and be moved. And so let's look at point number three. Point number three. We are still on the place of our acronyms called pain. Point number three. What is again. That pain or challenges comes to do in our lives. It comes to give us indications contrary to the solutions of God. It comes to give us indications. The ability for it to point to some place. Like why don't you look at this place? Ability for it to navigate your thought. It comes to give indications. The first P there talks about the whole concept of pressure. It comes to put pressure on your, on your conviction. The A there talks about attempt, attempt to compromise you. But also the I, it gives indications. Do you notice that it is the place of pain you begin to look for options? When pain comes into your life, that's when you begin to think of plan B, plan C. Your ability for you to stay in God anymore is no more in view because why? Hope has been deferred. And since hope has been deferred, an attack and persecutions are not coming high. And all of a sudden, it is now sponsoring sorrow, bitterness, and anger. You begin to look for a way out. Options begin to pop out from your head. Pa, 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 pa. It's quite interesting that the moment you are standing in God, do you notice that the enemy does not come with, 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 with another options for you? But the moment the hope is deferred, 20 options on why not to go back to God will produce himself. But when you stay on your conviction, the enemy knew that he cannot be able to change you. He may be able to propose, but he cannot convict you for you to take his proposal. But when pain comes in, he can then be able to give indications on what to do. The Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 4 from verse 9 to verse 13. Luke 4, 9 to verse 13. Still the temptations of Jesus. We get to see that the Bible says, and Jesus was brought to the top of the mountain. Look at what the Bible says. Let's look at it because there's something I want to pass across so that you understand this. Hmm. The Bible says in Luke chapter 4 verse 9 to 13. It says, and he brought him to Jerusalem. Now this is still the devil. <laughs> this guy is stubborn. I think I need somebody to understand that. You are playing with so much... I, I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to be careful how I describe this devil now, so that you don't get me wrong. And and I'm trying for God's wisdom to help me put a definition that is going to, or probably an explanation that is going to help us. We are playing with a guy that is a master of deception. A guy that is a master of coup. When they talk about coup, all this coup we see in Africa, they learned it from the devil. Because he actually planned coup to impeach God in court. He said, I will build my throne like God. Since I can't remove him, let me build my own and create my own kingdom. So which means he's a, already, he was already causing a treasonable act in heaven. So when you hear all this thing called treasons and stuff on earth, it, it, see, Bible is complete. Now, you are dealing with a guy called devil. That before you were born, 
He already seen the master print. Remember that he has access to God before. It was his disobedience that brought him. But he knew that a species called man who is going to be created. So he has a foreknowledge of who you are. But he does not have the power and the authority to impose himself on you. Because why? But because why? God did not give him that. He didn't. But guess what? He's not dumb. Because that's where sometimes we think. The Bible says, be, do not be ignorant of the vices of the devil. So which means there are vices that he brings. The guy is smart. If not so, how does he tell you to give you a ring? Go and put the ring or probably get a cow or bury it in your church. As long as the cow is rotting, members are coming to your church. And you think that that's not smartness? It may be the earthly wisdom, but it pays. It shows results. He knows that you don't have the strength and the fortitude, so he will give you indications. Why do you need to wait? Now look at what the Bible says here in Luke chapter 4 verse 19. I mean 4 verse 9. It says, and he brought Jesus to Jerusalem. Guess where he take Jesus to? He says, and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, the church. He put Jesus at the top of the church and said to him, if thou art the son of God, do you see he's still trying to convict him again? He said, cast thyself down. He said, for it is written, he shall give his angel charge over thee and keep thee and their hands shall be able to bear thee up lest you dash your feet against the stone. Guess what? He was reading the scripture for God. My dear, you see this, 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 this book called the Bible. It contains the word of God. It is not the exact word of God. It contains the word of God. It's a Bible that carries God because even the devil speak. Because we can see here in the Luke chapter 4, the devil speak. But one of the things that this Bible contains is the fact that it gives us the blueprint that even when the devil speak, you know that's something that you need to do. That even when man speak, because on the Bible, man speak, the devil speak, God speak, the angels speak, Holy Spirit speak, everybody that you can think of, they speak on this thing. But thank God that it was put together so that man, when you hold this Bible, by the inspiration of God, via the Holy Spirit, he can sponsor you to know the indications that sound like the devil. The Bible says he took him to the top of the mountain and he read the scripture. Because why? He took him to the church. So what will I do? I will tempt you with the church system. He took him to the church. Read open Bible. Read it for him. He read the Bible. The devil read Bible for Jesus. Who is the word of God? He read the word. You know, it's funny. He took Jesus. He read Jesus to him. You know why? That's why I said to you that the devil is afraid of you. And that's why he's trying to come to give you a contrary duplicate of who you are. Because he knows what you are made of. He knows that the day you gave your life to Christ, the fullness of who God is was already resident on your inside. And so all he's doing in his mind is to make sure that he compromises you so that you don't then stay in that position. Because as long as you are there, no matter what he's going to throw around you, it is only going to be for a moment, or like the title says, it's only going to be a small potatoes. Because he knows that God in his fullness, there is some plugins or probably there is some, some downloads of apps that he has put on your inside. That when those things come into your body, all of a sudden the apps begins to respond. The plugins begin to respond. The algorithms that needs to begin to market those things, they begin to take shape because he has an understanding of what is on your inside. He comes to attempt to give you indications that is contrary to the solutions God wants. For Jesus... It was the fact that he was taken to the top of the mountain of the church. And the scripture was read to him. There are some of you, you've read the Bible, you've got confused. 
And all of a sudden, you've used it to also now begin to accommodate some devils in your life. My dear, the enemy can use the Bible to talk to you. Quickly, before, we go, before I, I get into my final point, let's look at point number four. What must we do? I mean, what does these challenges come to do? Point number four. Remember, we're looking at the acronyms. Point number four, which is the end part. It comes to negotiate. Pain comes to negotiate. It comes to negotiate you. My dear, every time you find yourself in pain, remember this very particular statement. Number one is the fact that it comes to put pressure on your conviction. Number two, it attempts to compromise you. Number three, it indicates contrary solution against the will of God. And number four, it comes to negotiate with you to move you from your position. If you understand pain, challenges, difficulties, trials, temptation, persecution, attack, all that, hope, defied, everything, it's wrapped up on these four things called pain. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 and to 18. Ephesians 6, 12 to 18. It says there from the position of negotiation. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It says, but we wrestle against principalities and powers. Wickedness and high places, rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places. It says, wherefore, it says, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand the days of evil. He said, having done that, he said, to stand. Guess what? He said, wherefore, take upon you the armor of God, that ye may be withstand, you may be able to withstand the days of evil. The Bible knows that evil days are going to come. The trials and temptations, your hope are going to be defied. Attacks are going to come. People are going to insult you, disbelieve you. You will lose. He said, but when that day come, he said, put on the whole armor of God. He now says in verse 14, he said, therefore, stand he said, as you stand, he said, having your loins guilt about with truth. He said, having the breastplate of righteousness in you. He says, and your feet shield with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What is the gospel of peace? Just because the gospel of peace, it doesn't mean that there is no war. But the peace is a posture that you carry in God. That regardless of the battle, I find my peace in God. And the intelligence of this mystery called peace can be able to empower me with the fullness of God. For me to be able to pull down <coughs> the strategies and the devices of the enemy. He now says in verse 16, he says, above all, taking the sheet of faith. The ability for you to take back your faith. There are some of you, the problems and the challenges that has happened. The difficulties and the worries, the anxiety, the things that questions the God in your life. They've come to beat you down. But I'm here to tell you this morning, it is time for you to take back the sheet of faith. The faith that you once believed that God is good. That regardless of what is happening. I know that the reason why you break and you crack. Is the fact that message like this was not preached to you. But I'm here to tell you this morning. It is time to take back your sheet of faith. I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. Devil I know you gave me a bunch. But watch me come back again. I know you thought that nothing good can come out of my life. But I am in Christ. And Christ in me. In him I move. In him I have my being. My life flows Christ. Jesus is resident in me. I am hidden in Christ and Christ in God. Take back the shield of faith. It says if you take back that shield of faith, it says it will be able for it to quench all the fairy data of the enemy. 
I know that the enemy have brought a proposal to you this morning. He says, but take it up again. I'm here to challenge that sister and that brother this morning. Challenges have come. The pain has come. The difficulties have thrown themselves. You've lost your loved ones. Things that you don't expect happen to you. COVID-19 come to take us back to 19, even though we are still in 21. It makes us to feel the effect of what 19 looked like. And yet, we are still moving to 2022. But yet, it's still speaking. It said, take up back the shield of faith. It says, with that shield of faith, you can be able to quench every fiery data of the wicked he said and having done that he said take the helmet of your salvation which means the conviction you have in God uh, that make you say Jesus is Lord uh, that make you confess him as your Lord and personal savior he said take that helmet back again uh, and the sword of the spirit uh, the ability for you to lambano the things of God uh, you open your mouth and you begin to speak uh, I know that I've lost the part uh, I know that I've marked my mark uh, but like the prodigal son uh, I'm coming back home uh, I know at home there is rest uh, at home there is peace uh, at home there is joy. I'm coming back home regardless of the pain and the shame. He says, and take the sword of the spirit. He says, which is the word of God. He says in verse 18. He says, praying always. He says, with prayers and supplication in the spirit. He says, we are unto. He says, with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. My dear sisters and brothers, this morning because of my time, I want us to be able to pray some few prayer points this morning. We'll not be able to address the seven things that we need to do huh, when we find ourselves in dilemma of this. Huh? But I'll try as much as possible for me to mention too quickly. Number one, what must you do when you find yourself in trials and temptations, tribulations and challenges? Like the title says, don't be moved. Oh yes, don't be moved. It's the small potatoes, don't be moved. The Bible says in the book of Psalm chapter 62 verse 6, and I mean Psalm chapter 62 verse 2 and verse 6. Psalm 62, verse 2 and verse 6. He says, he alone is my rock and my salvation. He said, he is my fortress. He says, I will never be shaken. David was making us to understand. I know you took my children. I know you Philistine. I know you Goliath. You are coming to mock us, the children of Israel. But I'm not going to be moved. You are trying to put pressure in my conviction. You are attempting to compromise me for me to bow to the God of the Philistine. You are trying to indicate contrary solution to the will of God. And you are also trying to bring a negotiation from hell to compromise my position in God. But I tell you devil, I am not going to be moved. Somebody, I want you to declare this this morning after yourself. Regardless of what has happened, I refuse to be moved. I refuse to be moved. What is the enemy trying to do here? Number one is the fact that your ability to commonize your situation is what guarantees your winning. It is common. God is faithful. The scripture our test says, it said, but this is a light affliction. The message Bible makes us to understand. It's a small potatoes. It's a small potatoes. It's a small potatoes. It's a small potatoes. The ability for you not to be moved to know that God is faithful. Point number two quickly because I want us to pray some few prayer points. Point number two quickly. What must you do when you find yourself in this very particular place? Your revelation of who God is to you from the standpoint of love. Oh, I'll repeat it again. The revelation of who God is to you. I know we have him as the God of war. The God of we. I mean the God of peace. The God of the God, the mighty man in battle. The hell should die. But there is a one that will forget. When you find yourself in trouble, is the one we call the Abba Father. 
the one that is our father the one that the bible says in john 3 16 for god so loved the world he's a father that loves his children regardless of the pain he's a father that loves the children regardless of the challenge the circumstances and the trouble now ability for you to be able to bump into revelation of the god of your father the god of your father do you notice that no matter how much your parent love you as a as a children that no matter how much your parents love you, they will always want you to learn some certain things in life just to make sure that you are matured to be able to handle some certain things. Haven't you noticed, for example, for, for those people who are, who are daughters, haven't you noticed that as your mother is cooking, her love for you will not make her to say, no, you sit down and let me cook for you. One day she will call you, join me at the kitchen. Let's check this pot and let me show you how to turn this very particular sap. And make it to become something very palatable. And she begins to teach you. Now those are experiences that will produce the champion in you. But do you know something that is very interesting? That after that very particular teaching is done. One day your mother is going to sit down. Watch television. Put on Netflix and chill. And watch you cook that same sample. You may burn the pot, but she never gives up on you. She knows the love she has for you will make her come back and tell you, my daughter, I know that you missed the pepper here, but this is how you do it. But guess what? You failed that exam, but you need to stand up again and go back to the kitchen and say, this food, it must be cooked to the taste of which my mother has shown me. The same thing also applies to us this morning. I don't know what is that pain that has left you. I don't know what is that pain that has put a mark on you that has sponsored hope, the Father. It has sponsored attack and persecution to the point that sorrows and bitterness is currently now buffeting you left, right, and center. We are going to pause here this morning. We are going to open our mouth and we are going to begin to pray. The prayer we are going to pray this morning, we are going to say, Lord, I know the challenge has questioned me for too long, but it is time for this challenge to come to an end. I am now grown and matured in the things of God. That challenge must happen happen to man on earth but i know that in god i have the answer this morning i know that in god i carry the power and the possibility for me to come out of this challenge i want you to open your mouth this morning and begin to pray father this morning i'm back again to pray myself back into the will of god to pray myself back into the plan and the purpose of god open your mouth this morning and begin to pray this challenge is common somebody look at the problem and begin to commonize it this challenge has come on this is a small potatoes. I refuse to be moved. I'm back home. Open your mouth and begin to declare. Ratosha brata leketushka brata. Igronoto jabra ekatozala. Rata gebuta zateleketoza. Marikato jebre ikatoza. Arato Somebody begin to declare this morning. The challenge, I declare you as small potatoes. I know that I've magnified you for too long. I've speak about you as a big problem. I've looked at the cancer and I said this cancer is killing me. I've looked at the diabetics and I'm saying this diabetes, I'm going to die. I've looked at me losing my job and I'm saying I'm finished, but I'm changing my mind today. I'm not finished. God is still on the track. He is still faithful. He is the rewarders of them that diligently seek him. I'm back home like the prodigal son. I'm coming back to take my position. Devil, you think you're going to put pressure on my conviction. 
I have listened to this service. I am back with my conviction. God is good. He is faithful. He will not leave me stranded. He will show up in my mess. Somebody begin to declare. Begin to confess your way. Ratosh ebre ikata. Somebody, I want you to put your hand anywhere that you feel the pain and begin to commonize it. I know I lost my baby. This is common. Ella Michaela, you are a reality. I know I lost my job, but this is common. My job, you are coming back again. I know I lost my business. Watch me bring back Platform Radio. Watch me bring back Platform Center. Watch me bring back as a consultant. My conviction is in God. It's not in the circumstances. I'm an ambassador of Christ here on earth to bring God's glory on the things that I'm currently going through. Somebody open your mouth. Enforce yourself. Talk yourself back to God. Talk yourself back to his will. There are some of you this morning as you're praying. You need to pray and say, God, the strength to go through this pain. I've seen that these challenges, it's coming to change my conviction. It's coming to question my integrity. It's coming to give me contrary indications. Lord, I ask for strength. I ask for strength. Somebody open your mouth. I ask for strength. Strength from above. Strength and wisdom on how to deal with this stuff. I know that this boss wants to fire me. Lord, wisdom from above. I am not like the unbelievers. There is a way out for me in Christ, wisdom from above. Give me knowledge, give me wisdom, teach me what to do. Somebody pray for wisdom this morning. Somebody we're going to be praying this morning. I don't know who you are. But by the time I was preparing this service, the Lord asked me for me to be able to bring my prophetic voice upon that very particular situation. One of the points I was not able to mention is the last point, which means engaging the place of a prophet. My dear, there are advantages that prophets carry. Every five-fold ministers you see, for the fact that God calls some apostles, God calls some pastors, some of them prophets, some of them evangelists, some of them teachers, is the fact that God brought these five as an advantage for everyone of us. But this is one thing that a prophet carries. A prophet does not really reveal, does not only reveal what is about to happen. A prophet can create a possibility and can shift you from the backside of life and bring you to the front side of the happenings. And so we are going to be praying this morning. And I'm going to be releasing my prophetic voice upon your life. But before we get to that place, we are going to be praying this prayer. I don't know what is that yoke of pain that you are currently going through. By the time I was preparing, God said to me, let them bring the pain before me. I am the God that diligently, I am the one that comes to heal the brokenhearted. I'm the one that comes to set the captives free. That pain has kept you captive. You are going to open your mouth tonight. I mean this moment, in one minute and begin to put the pain before your father. Lord, I lost my business. This is painful. 
Open your mouth and begin to declare. Lord, Ibrana tuka ekorata, ranatush ebe ikatos kabalata, rikutu balata. You are going to open your mouth, Lord. This yoke of pain, this deep sorrows, Lord, there is a grace in this house this morning, Lord. I open my mouth, Father. Remove the yoke, remove the burdens, remove the yoke, remove the burdens, the disappointment, the hope that has been deferred. I don't know that pain that you are going through. I don't know that that one challenges. Open your mouth and begin to bring it before the Father. Ratos eke, riikatos kabarata, reketos jinakota legadosha, ratakota ble ekota, rigados shalata, rakatos jebre inkatos kanata, rata etosa. As we are praying that prayer, I want you to ask God for the infilling of peace. Lord, let the peace. This month has been declared our month of peaceful place. Somebody pray this morning and say, Lord, fill me, Lord, with a fresh peace. Father, baptize me with a fresh peace. The peace that passes all human understanding. Where I go out of this service uh, and I come out like a champion. Uh, I go out of this service. Uh, even I still have the scars in my body, but I don't see the actions in me. Uh, I go out of this service. Uh, I lost my job yesterday, uh, but I'm going to create another new job. Uh, I go out of this service, uh, despising the shame, uh, enduring the cross, uh, but the peace of God uh, empowers me to move forward. Uh, somebody pray and say, Lord, uh, in feeling of the Holy Spirit, uh, the peace afresh. Ratosh ebe ikata, reketosh Bratata, he greketo jila bratos, reketo jabrata leketus kalata, ha branatos keberi katata, he brotos karata, yaro shabrata eketosa, ha breketus shalata lebosha, ratos shagebre inakosa. Somebody, I want you to pray this prayer. I don't know who you are this morning, but you are going to decree from your voice, and you are going to say, Lord, every pain and challenges. Attempting to mock me in the place of opening every plate, every pain, every challenge is attempting to mock me. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus and I ask for angelic assistance. I plead the blood of Jesus and I ask for angelic assistance. Open your mouth and make that prayer this morning. I don't know what wants to mock you this week. Every challenge is every mockery of the devil, every antics of the kingdom of hell, every principalism and powers, wicked in high places, the antics of the devil. I want you to open your mouth this moment and say, Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus. Let the blood of Jesus fight for me. I ask for angelic assistance. Every mockery of the devil, mocking my finance, mocking my marriage, mocking my ministry, Whatever antics of the enemy, both the ones I cause and the ones I don't cause, every antics of the devil that is looking forward to disgrace me this month, disgrace me the remaining days of this year, Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus. I call for the mercy of God in the name of Jesus. Mercy, Lord, angelic assistance, appear upon my life, appear upon my ministry, appear upon my wife, appear upon my children, appear upon upon platform church angelic assistance appear upon everyone this morning in the name of Jesus abratoshkata reketose nakota regadeshalata abranatoshka brekataza ratosha brata leketosa in Jesus mighty name we pray 
one of the things that we're going to look on Thursday, I'm going to be coming back and to mention the seven things or the eight things that you need to do when you find yourself in challenges. But one of them tonight, this morning, that I'm going to put as the place of the office of a prophet. My dear, I know that a prophet, and the enemy has come to give a contrary duplicate of what the prophetic office looks like. But my dear, just because there is photocopy does not mean that the original does not exist. The devil understands the advantage of a prophet, and so he tries everything to frustrate that office and to make sure that you as the believer, you don't get the blessings and the benefit of a prophet. No wonder he says in the book of Hosea chapter 12, Hosea chapter 12 verse 13. He says, And by a prophet, the Lord brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet, has he preserved them. And by a prophet, my dear, the truth of it, because of my time, prophet carries some spiritual possibility that can help you navigate through the pain. That as long as the challenges has been there for too long, you need a prophet to put a voice and say, be down lifted. A prophet that can put a voice because one of the things I've taught you so many times, you cannot meet a genuine prophet and not see your life turn around. When I mean turn around, I'm talking about turn around for good. No matter how long the challenges has been, because the Bible says that affliction is for a moment. And that small potatoes does not last long, but it prepares a weight of glory that is about to be revealed. I'm going to be praying for you this morning. I don't know what is that challenges that you have. I'm going to be declaring the word of God like he has put in my mouth this very particular morning for me to declare to you and as your amen can be louder please hear me and hear me well the problem with us is the fact that we say amen to prophet but that deep down in our heart we don't believe them but this morning i encourage you believe the word that is coming out of my mouth this morning it is not my word the holy spirit inspired me to talk to you and to address your pain address your shame address your challenges and to bring you in the light of godless day i decree this morning cabrotosa I want you to begin to speak in tongues. I know my time is fast spent. I want you to speak in tongues in just 30 seconds. As I begin to release the prophetic word upon your life. Lord, I prophesy as I was commanded. I decree <coughs> I decree ease upon everyone this morning in the name of Jesus I decree ease in your finance. That place that you've been struggling. That place that you've been having challenges. That place that the enemy has been questioning you. I decree ease today in the name of Jesus. I prophesy as I'm commanded. I prophesy upon your life. You these three people. I declare help from men towards your side in the name of Jesus I declare help has come to you help has come to help you from where you are I send destiny helpers to help you where you are now in the name of Jesus my bro ikatosh aras he brotokoto bratata reketojebra atoskata I stand as a prophet of the most high God and I speak concerning your destiny that gate that has been closed I declare today the gate is open. 
the gate is open that gate of marital settlement that gate of babies that gate of fruitfulness that gate of advancement that gate of new level i speak this morning as a prophet i open your gate in the name of jesus I prophesy this morning, whatever yoke that has been upon your life, the yoke of shame, the yoke of pain, the yoke of bitterness, the yoke of anger, the yoke of lust, the yoke of unfruitfulness, the yoke of barrenness, the yoke of walking like an elephant and eating like an ant. I stand as the as a God servant this morning. I lift that yoke off from your life in the name of Jesus I remove that yoke off your life today in the name of Jesus I prophesy this morning upon your life that from today onward things are turning around for your good Oh, somebody hear this. Things are turning around for your good. Things are turning around for your good. The shame is being lifted. The shame is lifted. The shame is lifted. For somebody, I pray for you this morning. Receive the strength of God. 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 In the name of Jesus. I don't know who you are this morning, but I'm here to tell you this morning. I'm just here in my spirit. Before this year come to an end, you are about to receive a good news. And so on that good news, that good news is about to take you to a new season in your life. And so therefore as a prophet, I speak that that new season that needs to happen before this year come to an end, happens speedily in the name of Jesus. Whatever that have caused delay, whatever that has caused backward whatever that has caused retrogression I stand this morning as a prophet over your destiny I hereby terminate it in the name of Jesus I say welcome to your new season oh welcome to your new season welcome to your new season I don't know who you are this morning but I just hear God I hear God say I should tell you I call forth extra resources hey, extra resources there is a project that you need to finish before this year come to an end and you are limited in resources I call for extra resources extra resources extra men extra help and they will come and feed you in the name of jesus somebody open your mouth and begin to appreciate god and say father thank you for your word thank you for the shame has been lifted thank you for the burden has been broken open your mouth and just begin to appreciate god father lord i give you all the thanks and praise <coughs> I bless your name because indeed you are good God. I thank you because every challenge is that your children have brought before you this morning. It is common. Thank you because you are faithful. You will not allow them to go through stuff that they are not built to handle. And so Father, I give you all the glory. Thank you for the release of strength. Thank you for the release of grace. Thank you for power. Thank you for enablement. Thank you for capacity. Thank you for insight, revelation and knowledge upon your people this morning. Lord, I call them blessed. I speak upon every one of them this morning. As you go out this morning, you are blessed. Whatever you touch this morning, from today, they prosper in the name of Jesus. That thing that has negotiated your redemptive right, I hereby put a stop to it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because we know that this is done. To you, we give all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And God's people say,
That's all we have for today, but be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions, and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, family of rest.